Live from Melbourne's Bella Union, it's Child Proof. An unproduced TV sitcom rescued from the bottom drawer and repurposed as a free audio podcast. Episode 2, In the Vichyssoise. A city street. Ian is driving, looking for a restaurant. Jennifer is texting. Where the hell is this place? What's it called? Sloty. The currency? Yep. Normal spelling? It's just the symbol. Type it into the GPS. Type what? Jennifer sends the text. What did you tell Wayne? That I have to attend another pulping of a Gina Reinhardt biography. Good. Look, um, I do feel bad. No, you're right. We can't do the Kookaburra family restaurant again. No way. I want to eat a meal that I don't first have to draw in crayon on the tablecloth. None of that at Sloty. Apparently the discerningfork.com gave it nine stars. Out of what? Fourteen. It's quite a complicated system. Is that it? What does that say? Has Kim. Ooh, I've heard that's quite good. Ian and Jennifer walk to the restaurant. Mind you, it better not be tasting plates. The waiter better not open with, now do you know how the system here works? The only system I want is the one where I order a meal and he brings it to me. On a plate, not a chopping board. Slody is a cramped, fashionable restaurant of indeterminate cuisine. Ian and Jennifer are met by the maitre d'. Monsieur, madame, welcome to Slody, where we don't say meal, we say... No, please don't say uh, you were going to say journey, weren't you? You've been here before? No. <laughs> this way. Yeah, Ian. It's Mal Paget, a journo from the Herald Sun, leaning back in his chair, blocking Ian's path. How's tricks? At Rock FM, which surely deserves to be fined off the face of the earth following the crazy crank called cock-up slash catastrophe. Did I write that? I don't know. Is that writing? Hey, I didn't mention you. <laughs> me? What, me who must surely be considering a call to the suicide hotline himself? Well, apart from that. I might just move on. Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard you might be. What? I've heard that they, uh, they might be giving Mike Pomfrey your job. What? The voice of the time-saver traffic tranny do my job? As if... Can I quote you on that? You can quote me on this. He gives Padgett the finger. Ian and Jennifer are seated at their table. How did he know about Mike Pomfrey? <sighs> I probably heard about it from, I don't know, Mike Pomfrey. Good evening. I am Paolo. <laughs> Think of me not as your waiter, but as your enabler. <laughs> So tell me, do you know how the system here works? No. Does anyone? Here are your menus. I would recommend three dishes from menu two and two dishes from menu three. 12 minutes later. And so when combined, the 11 menus recreate the entire line of the Tropic of Capricorn. A woman on the next table has a plate of pasta. See that? Yes. We'll have two of those. Of of course. The waiter departs. Jennifer is about to speak when a piercing child's scream is heard. What? His mother is attempting to feed him. This can't be happening. Not here. Not at Sloty. Christ, my parents never took me to a restaurant. Pizza Hut on a special occasion. Or if they were getting a divorce. Do you think the maitre d's going to say something? No one ever says anything. Look, they're all pretending it isn't happening. Are you going to say something? Fuck no. Ian has said this last line while staring directly at the mother. What did you say? Uh, nothing. You want me to shut him up? Well, I, I didn't say Excuse that. Excuse me, madame? Is there a problem? Ask him. Well, I, I didn't tell her to... Keep him quiet? Yeah? Maybe not bring him at all? Well... Oh, yeah, just because you can afford a fucking babysitter. We don't have any kids. Oh, right. 
So you and her just hate children? We don't. Oh, excuse me. You can say what you want about my husband, but leave me out of this. <laughs> what a pair of smug, child-hating wankers. Hey! Ian stands up, but at that moment, the waiter is walking behind him with a tray. Ian's head comes up under it, and the contents, a plate of red soup, tip onto the head of the child. <gasps> Ian dips a finger into the soup and holds it up. Uh, it's cold. It's a vicious soise. It looks as though he is giving the horrified mother the finger. <laughs> Shit. Uh, did Paget see that? He went out for a smoke. Thank God. He looks around to see a forest of phones. Everyone in the restaurant has filmed the incident. The next morning, Ian is standing in reception at Rock FM. The front page of the Herald Sun shows the soup-drenched kid howling, while Ian appears to be giving the finger, and Jennifer looks angry. Headline, they hate your children. Christ. A large poster for the Mayhem crew is being taken down and replaced with an almost identical one for the morning nutbags. Outside Ian's office, his assistant Beck is waiting. Mike Pomfrey's in your office. Already? I assume you've heard about... The Carrie kid? The what? That's the hashtag. On Beck's computer, the kid's face has been cropped into a meme with the hashtag Carrie kid. You know, like it... The end of Carrie. Jesus. You did that? It's cold. It's a vicious was. You didn't say any of that stuff in the paper. It was all her. They've got us saying it. Even the context is out of context. Sturjo's called three times. Oh, what did you tell him? There weren't really any gaps where I could say something. Okay. One fuckwit at a time. Ian enters his office. Mike Pumphrey, dressed like Captain Jack Sparrow, sits behind Ian's desk. Ah, there he is. The face of the new child-hating movement. Not just me, my wife too. She's in there, hating away. What are you doing in my chair? Oh, uh, I was just uh, looking for a copy of the new promo schedule. Well, in addition to the copies in your in-tray email box and on the wall of your office? Oh, I just got a few new ideas I want to find space for in the schedule. New promo ideas? Yeah, just a bit of insight mining, a few deep cuts from the deep dish. We dropped insight mining, remember, in 2012? Oh, did we? There was a mine collapse. We did nothing but play Matchbox 20 for three weeks and gave hot dogs the job of hosting Hour of Power. <laughs> Yeah, dark days. How'd your spot go this morning? Oh, very well. I'm uh, getting a lot more respect from the nutbags. Why is that, do you think? I think they recognise a man on the up and up. And that's why I think it's time I was abbreviated. What? I've asked people to start calling me Pomfro. And what did they say? It's trending around the office. No one's going to call you Pomfro. Oh, they will. Hey. What about the uh, promo idea? You'll be the first to hear about it. Beck, who has heard this conversation, races in, pointing at Ian's desk phone. Sturjo! Gary Sturjo Sturgis is calling from Sydney. The Herald Sun article on his computer. What the fuck, Ian? It's all bullshit. Remember what I said last week about family values? Yep. Cut to a picture of you pouring boiling lava onto a child. <laughs> it's a vicious was. I knew rebranded family station is being run by, and I quote, the ugly new face of the anti-child movement. It's just Mal Padgett having a crack tomorrow. Some footballer will get his dick out at the casino and everyone will move on. You can arrange that? <laughs> no, I mean... Make the call. Meanwhile, did Pomfro tell you about his new promotion? Pomfro? No, he didn't. Fucking... 
brilliant. This will get him back. The Pomfrey Foundation, making children's wishes come true. Not in any way affiliated with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Sorry, the lawyers say we're going to put that in all the tags. The Pomfrey Foundation? How is this a station promotion? It's tugging heartstrings in the older demo and bringing in the kids because Pomfro's going to be giving them jet bikes and shit. What is a jet bike? What was your last on-air directive, Ian? What was that? The awesome 80s. Shit house! It was your idea. The public are fickle, Ian. Let's put Mike's thing right up him. Okay. And don't burn any more children. It's a cold soup from France. He's gone. Mike Pomfrey just lied to your face. Yes, he did. Are you gonna sabotage his idea? Yes, I am. How? By letting him go through with it. <laughs> Bell Tower Books. Jennifer is filling a huge bottle at the water cooler. Her boss, Caitlin, with the Herald Sun, comes up behind her and puts a hand over her eyes. It's a horror movie right there on my TV. Sure is. I didn't even know you read the Herald Sun. She sees the article for the first time. Balls of Christ! And I always thought you two just stayed at home in the dark, like little mushrooms. Which we should have done last night, apparently. Is that really how old I look? I thought I only looked 37. There's a double-page spread, too, where they talk to an Aussie mum and dad who live in Melton West. Where is that, I wonder? John, the managing director, enters, clutching a Herald Sun. The dad says that if your husband comes near him, he'll punch him in the head. So would I. <gasps> oh, my favourite MD. What about all this in the paper, then? Jesus, Jennifer. I'm supposed to be geeing up sales today, getting them excited about... MKR classic Instagrams. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to help morale that the new head of children's books is, according to Rita Panahi, part of a vicious new breed, the anti-mum. It's Ian who's the anti-mum. I barely got a word in. Well, get it done. Get what done? The publishing director Tarquin's office. Jennifer enters to see him lying on the sofa and a workman putting up a plywood division. You wanted to see me? What's all this? Could you excuse us, please? The workman leaves. I rather think that he hates me. But nonetheless, we never really found a satisfactory place for Brittany, so I'm doing my bit in these leaner times. But Brittany has the half with the desk. All you have is the sofa. And that's where I do my best thinking, which brings me to Mandy Ann Minkson. Who? I believe she was a runner-up on The Groove. Oh, right. You know, I used to love talent shows, but they're just too slick now. Splendid, splendid. She's now one of our authors. She is. Unfortunately, she hasn't done enough to warrant a memoir, can't write fiction, and has no opinions about any issue whatsoever. So, you know what that means. Children's book. Correct. <laughs> and even though it's about an independently-minded fairy princess who enters a television talent quest and triumphs over the jealousy of lesser folk, the creature simply cannot cough up her 200 words. But it's occurred to me that as you're now the head of children's books, you can take over. But I know nothing about this woman. Or children's books, if you recall. Well, I can't help you with that, but Mandy Ann is in this Who magazine. Wretched John tells me we should no longer be publishing anyone who hasn't appeared in it. Terrifying, isn't it? Yes, terrifying. But do I get a subscription? You can have my copies when I've finished with them. Just read around the gentleman's relish stains. But as we're... G <laughs> we're wasting time. We are. Go to Mandy Ann's now, today. As soon as I can get her dress from the other side of that... Plywood. Brittany, the intern, appears from behind the plywood and hands Jennifer a card. Well, thank you, Brittany. No worries at all. That Rolodex thing is fun. 
Ben! A Docklands apartment building. Mandy Ann opens the door to Jennifer. She has an iPhone at her ear and another in her other hand. Uh, I was doing a phone and bloody Instagram at the same time. I don't want to get in your way. Oh, no probs. The interview's done. I've got another one in like five minutes, though. With some dickhead from the Pomfrey Foundation. Oh. Yeah, sure, I'll skate with the stars. If you can guarantee I won't end up as a freaking quadriplegic. <laughs> Bye now. So, um, Bellwether, or whatever they're called, they said... You'd want me to do bookshop appearances? Yes. Cool. I've never been to a bookshop. <laughs> we'll need a book for you to make appearances with, though. Oh, hell yeah, I'll be the Queen of Moomba, but uh, can I do it, like, on Skype? We're done here, right? When do you think you can get the book to us? Yeah, good to meet you. She closes the door in Jennifer's face. I'm coming back. I'm coming back, you know. Rock FM. Ian enters the production studio. A tech works the panel while Mike Pomfrey in the booth records a voiceover. Maybe you wished for a new bike. Maybe you've wished for a trip to Movie World on the gold case. Maybe you've wished you could meet Grant Denya. Well, I can make that wish come true and make you one of the Rock FM kids. Uh, hang on, hang on. I told him to say Pomfro's kids. Who's Pomfro? That's Pomfro there, apparently. Oh, Ian. <laughs> I, I didn't hear you come in. Probably why they call it the soundproof booth. <laughs> I'm uh, just uh, working up a 30-seconder. So, Mike, we're going to be working with sick kids, yeah? Kind of a dodgy area to get into. Oh, no, 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 mate. I don't want any of the sick ones. <laughs> now this is open to all the kids. It's a wider net. Bigger numbers. Yeah, but it's kids. It's, it's tricky. How would you know? Anyway, aren't you... <clears throat> A cheerleader for the deliberately barren. How many quotes are there in this article? Ian and Jennifer are driving home. Rock FM and Pompro, making children's wishes come true. Not in any way affiliated with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Ian changes to a station playing Mandy Ann's latest single. What is Pomfro? A man on the up and up. Sturjo's just playing you off against each other. Yeah, it's that old Sun Tzu bullshit. You shouldn't put up with it. Oh, I can't quit. I'm 52. What else am I going to do? I'm not old enough to program Triple J. <laughs> oh, God, that's her singing. The song is an inspirational ballad. Mandy Ann sings... I can walk that endless road. Yeah, but can you write 200 words? So what's she like? She didn't ask a single question about me. Mm. Do I ask questions about you? This is a question about you. Yeah, well, it's both, isn't it? Two birds, one stone. Oh, no! Outside Ian and Jennifer's apartment, a small group of protesters are assembled. Placards include Families First, Leave Our Kids Alone, I Hate Haters, Won't Somebody Think of the Children, Say No to Saying No to Kids. <laughs> It's that internet. It's out of control. Park around the corner. Ian and Jennifer peek around a corner. How are we going to get past them? A man steps out from a doorway. It's the Zlotty Mater D. Excuse me, Mr. Carriage? Yeah, it, it, it's you from the restaurant. Yes, and I have some good news for you. You've invented a time machine? A passing car illuminates them. The protesters start to move towards them, chanting, Families first, haters last. Please, this way. The Mater D leads them toward their apartment. Another journey. From inside the foyer, the protest can be heard. The door opens and the trio squeeze in. It was a vicious swaz! Allow me to explain. Just one moment. Ian opens the door and heads back into the melee. After a few seconds, he returns, disheveled, holding a parcel. Amazon package. <laughs> it's all in here. The Mater D hands them an envelope and exits. See you soon. We're invited to be guests of honour at the Non-Eleveur Society. The what? 
Dunno. Free drinks? Doesn't say. You'd think so, though, yeah. Later that night, Ian and Jennifer approach the front door of a large mansion and ring the bell. I'm getting an eyes wide shut feeling. The door is answered. You've come. How marvellous. Roderick Pyle. Yes. What is the non-Elevier Society? Ah, it's French for non-breeders. My translation app said lift out of service. <laughs> Please, come in and meet everyone. He leads them down a corridor. Sorry, what is this? Oh, just a few like-minded people getting together for drinks and pizza. Like-minded how? Well, none of us have children by choice. We won't have to put our keys in a bowl. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, just a bit of fun. He leads them into a large room where around 30 people are having drinks. Look, everyone, they're here. Now, now, now. Who here hasn't wanted to say what these two said at our friend Arturo's the other night? Hey, yes! Arturo, the maitre d', raises his glass. They took the fall for all of us, just like Rhonda last year. Who's Rhonda? Oh, Rhonda wrote that blog saying children shouldn't be allowed at weddings. Oh. Yeah, they egged her house. I was live on Mamma Mia. <laughs> now, we're all friends here. Come on, it's a safe environment. You can say all of the things here you can't say out there. A montage. Members of the group eat pizza and share anecdotes. You know what I had today? What if your parents hadn't had you? Oh. Well, then I wouldn't be having this conversation, I said. I'm 45 and I still get my parents saying, it's not too late. Mum told me the dad thinks I'm, quote, a big stonking lesbian. It's the greatest job in the world. I got this one. Look, I know it's late notice, but would you mind if we ate at our place? Because the kids, the kids. Working families. I didn't. Always with working families. Today we had a code 11. What's a code 11? Someone bringing their baby into work. We've had two already this week. What did you say? I always say it's a very handsome looking baby. Oh no! They all look the same to me. Sorry, is that baby racist? Friends who had had a cat for four years, as soon as they I have a baby. Do you know someone who's looking for a cat? Oh. How quickly they turn. Later that night, Jennifer is driving. That was fun. I, I think it was. I think it actually was fun. Next morning. What was that sound? Uh, whistling? Who whistles? No one whistles. Don't they? You must have heard the nutbags. Yeah, I heard a hilarious Monica Lewinsky joke. But what about the phone-in? Oh, what did they do? Well, they had a call-in about the kid in the restaurant. And everyone was on your side. Really? Oh, here we go. Sturjo. Fucking brilliant, Ian. What? Putting those pro U callers to wear very smart. Well, I, I think it was just a random. So now we've got the family and the anti family audience. I can't wait to see these fucking figures. I am pitching a mental tent right now. Good to know. You and Mike, you're like two sides of a theoretical coin. A bitcoin? A coin. <laughs> a coin that we're rolling all the way to the fucking bank. Well, well they love coins. <laughs> He's gone. Get Mike in here. I am in here. How did you... Sturjo's playing games, isn't he? Yeah, of course. It's that Sun Tzu bullshit. He loves it. Well, let's see who's winning after my launch on Friday night. He hands Ian a flyer. What's this? Pomfro's Kids times 300. And a big-name guest. Grant Denyer? Oh, bigger. 
Way bigger than the den man. Bell Tower Books. Jennifer is standing at the door of Caitlin's office while Caitlin talks on the phone. Lots of love to you, darling, but I've got to go. Jennifer says she wants to talk to me and that it cannot wait. Oh, poor Rodney. He just sent me a book of love poems with a rather silly message in it. He does have the most drab wife, you know. Yes, that's a real shame. What did you want to see me about? I imagine that, like everyone else, you haven't seen today's age. Ian and I aren't in there, are we? Well, you're not, but Josh and Letitia de Winter are. Who were they? Exactly. And yet Robert Quilling had signed them to write a book for Gannett. So what does old giant checks Quilling want them to write about? Not having children. But that's Ian's and my thing. Isn't it infuriating? You're the one who should be doing the book. Oh my God, you want me to do the book? No, that's why we want Mandy Ann to do the book. I mean, darling, you could write it. In fact, you'll have to, considering the last message I had from her consisted entirely of emoticons. But her name will be on it. This is how I can get Quilling where he lives. We get in first, and it's by a celebrity, not some beardo arts administrator and his pottery mad wife. But she's like 21. It doesn't make sense that she would oh, be... Oh, you'll make it work. I know you will. That's why you're meeting with her in the boardroom this evening. She says she wouldn't feel comfortable with you writing her book if she's never even spoken to you. She spoke to me yesterday. Well, don't tell her that. Jennifer and Mandy Ann are sitting across the boardroom table drinking champagne. More fruit? I've got to be honest. I have been on the end of way too many friggin' fruit platters lately, but I'll eat this melon for you. I'm just so grateful not to be slaving over a book anymore. Yes, but isn't it going to be weird for you with so many little kids madly in love with you? I watched that Mandy Ann into the light DVD and they were all over you. Well, they grow up fast and I can't be pandering to these people forever. You know, you seem really smart. Look at all these books. Oh, well, the books aren't actually mine. I need to know more smart people. Well, I need to know more famous people. Not authors, proper famous people. I've never forgotten being at a party and feeling thrilled to see Toadie from Neighbours. And then it turned out it wasn't even Toadie, but I was still sort of thrilled. We should hang out. Let's do something tonight. Yes. Oh, but I've got something on. But, whoa, wait. You could join me. It's sort of a party, so you can be toady. And it'll be research for the book. Yeah, great. We can knock over all the research bizzo tonight. You grab another bottle out of that little fridge and we'll get out of here. Jennifer and Mandy Ann exit the building. Several paparazzi appear, taking photos. Oh, they follow me everywhere. Just ignore them. Jennifer shakes her hair out, loving the attention. The Society Mansion. Mandy Ann, this is Ian. Hi, what, what, I was worried. Oh, what? it was the damn paparazzi again. <laughs> they will not leave us alone. They enter the mansion. Across the road, several photographers pull up, having followed Jennifer's car. Inside, the same gang are assembled. Roderick is standing in front of a large movie screen. Everyone, you may have noticed our new friends Ian and Jennifer have brought a celebrity guest. <laughs> Mandy Ann, I assume you don't have any kids. <gasps> <laughs> and you join us on movie night. And what a treat, it's Children of Men. I remember this coming out when I was a kid. Right. Well, apparently it's set in the future when everyone in the world is infertile and there are no children anywhere. They call it a dystopian nightmare. I call it the feel-good movie of the decade. 
I've no idea why Clive Owen looks so depressed on the cover. Oh, I like Clive Owen, as long as he's sans tash. The movie begins at the window a photographer furiously snaps shots at the gathering. The next morning, Ian is looking at the cover of the Herald Sun. Anti-family cabal exposed. Sinister ring of non-breeders stage hate screaming. Yes? It's the Mater D standing across the road from the mansion. What have you done? What? We're all over the news. Well, I didn't talk you to them. You brought them to us. Well, I just... We've had to disband the society, but before we did, we all voted you out anyway. Thanks for nothing. Fair enough, I'm sorry. But while I've got you, can I make a booking for two at Slow Tea? <laughs> One of those dark booths down the back. Hello? Shit. Mike Pomfrey arrives reading the Herald Sun. Ian! You've really taken this whole anti-family ball and run with it. Shouldn't you be getting ready for your launch? Yeah, look about that, mate. Um, I'd rather you didn't show your face tonight. It's not really the message the Foundation's trying to get out there. Oh, don't worry. I'll be there. That night, a nightclub is host to Mike's launch. A large banner reads, Rock FM welcomes Pomfro's kids. The Pomfrey Foundation, making children's wishes come true. Not in any way affiliated with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Ian, wearing a hat, false mustache, and sunglasses, sees Jennifer, also in sunglasses and wig, approaching. Is that you? Yep. I like this. Hey, not in front of the children. <sighs> Look at them. Maybe we should have some. Then everyone would like us. Nah. nah. <laughs> okay, here's your drinks card. It's in Pomfro dollars. He has his own currency now. Hey, what happened with your book? Mandy Ann's moved on. She's rebranding herself, apparently. Of course she is. So how long are we staying? Just long enough to see Mike fuck everything up. <laughs> on stage, Mike approaches the microphone. Hi, kids! Hi, Pomfro! Are you ready for your first wish to come true? Yeah. Well, say hello to my special friend, Mandy Ann Minkson, with a brand new song. Uh, what's it called? It's, uh, um, uh, Sex Me Up. Oh, that, that can't be right. No. Too late. The music kicks in and the new look raunchy Mandy Ann comes out singing Sex Me Up, accompanied by six male dancers in G-strings and wearing huge strap-on dildos. Some kids start mimicking the dildo dancing. Mike gestures for the sound to be cut, but the tech is hypnotized by Mandy Ann's X-rated dance moves. At the back of the room, a smiling Mal Padgett is filming it all on his phone. Shall we? Let's. Arm in arm, they exit through the chaos. You have been listening to Childproof. Written and produced by Tony Martin and Serena Rao at the Bella Union for the 2017 Melbourne Fringe. Starring Geraldine Quinn as Jennifer and Beck, Tony Martin as Ian and Tarquin, Roz Hammond as Caitlin, Mandy Ann and the Angry Mother, Andrew McClelland as Mike Pomfrey and the Waiter, Damien Cowell as John, Christina Laria as Brittany, Jovan Caro as the Maitre D, and Lockie Hume as Sturjo and Mal Padgett. With guests Simon Rogers as Roderick and Serena Rowell and Sam Peterson as society members. The narrator was Jay Mueller. Childproof, the podcast, is produced by Matt Dower on the Pots and Pans in conjunction with Bad Producer Productions. Pete Smith speaking. 